comics, movies, music, video games, technology, Blu-ray, television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. My name is Oliver Queen. I had to become the Green Arrow. I am Supergirl. My name is Barry Allen, and I am the fastest man alive. I am the Flash. Where I'm from, you aren't just considered heroes. You're legend. Who controls everything in Gotham? I don't know. You've never heard of our secret council. So you're the devil. And you've left hell behind to take a vacation in Los Angeles. Lucifer Morningstar. Is that a stage name or something? God-given, I'm afraid. You know what would be fun? A zombie show where a zombie's the star. That's dumb. Hey everybody, welcome to the DC TV Podcast, episode 76. It's the spirit of 76, everyone. That's a great song by Ween. Go look that up on the Google machine. Um, but welcome back, and you know what's back also? Our DC TV shows. At least two of them are this week. Uh, Gotham, We're back! The Ham of Goth, and, yes. the, uh, and the Fur of Lucy. Both mm-hmm. premiering this week. Ham. Everybody loves the ham. I don't know if a goth ham would taste good, though. Wasn't it Jerry that was coming up with the new app, Instaham? Was that you? Yeah, where, 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 where are you with that, Jerry? <laughs> yeah, still waiting well, for the thing. Instaham. Uh, here's but, the thing. Until the 3D printers are universal with users, it's really hard to get the actual ham in through people's printers or internet modems or that kind of thing. That plastic so, resin ham just doesn't taste the same. You're right. Yeah. You know, but, it's uh, Insta. To, it is Insta, though. You gotta give it that. Yeah. It's about as Insta as it gets. She's got okay. the Insta part down now. Okay. Now all he has to get on the ham meat okay. flavor. Got the ham part. part. Yeah. Well, I think the users just need to load their 3D printers with meat paste. Oh. Sure yeah. That- there you go. So yeah, taste, I think you should, I'm gonna call. Look, yeah, you guys keep talking. I'm gonna call R&D right now, and I'm gonna I'm gonna get them. You on. could test it with spam, but get, then later get Hormel on the phone. There you go. <laughs> get hey, Hormel. I'm on it. I I I actually work with the former VP of sales there at Hormel. Maybe I can uh, hook us up. Hey, give me some chili. Yeah, why don't you do that? Why don't you do some backroom dealing inside there trade that bitch? I'm on room. it. <laughs> Done. And joining me tonight, uh, as always, for DCTV, uh, the man that Jim Gordon saw Lee with through the window but didn't say anything, Mr. Chub Toad Sheldon. Oh, yeah. You you wish, my friend. You wish. That, we're going to talk about that, but that bugged me. Like, you didn't even knock? Come on, man. That's your baby mama there. What the hell? But he doesn't know it's his baby mama. He doesn't know. And the We don't of- know. <laughs> And, <laughs> oh, that's bad. Sorry. and the uh, the real reason Maze was gone the whole time on Lucifer, she was training with Sister Throw Punch, Jerry Atkinson. Yes, that even, is partially pseudo true. Yeah. Even more of a demonic badass than she already yes. is. Or as one of our cool. listeners on our group said this week, straight fire. 
that maze is straight fire. There you go. Once you get to a certain age, I really, you know, I don't use the slang so much. My wife said cray-cray the other day. I'm like, what? Mm. Wow, and that's from like 10 years ago. Now. Yeah, exactly, you know. <laughs> I was going to say, like, cray still a thing? That's like talk to the hand yeah. or something. But anyway, like I said, two of our shows are back. Uh, we had premieres in the same night. I like having Gotham and Lucifer right there, too, like one way after the other. They kind of they kind yeah. of fit yeah, both there nice. on Monday night. And... uh we had the premiere of Gotham, uh, starting a new season called Mad City. And then we uh, had Lucifer, where we finally, very briefly at the end, I guess, in a spoiler, uh, get to meet his mom. Finally. Yes. Uh, but a lot of cool stuff happening on both of those. But first, I put the call out on our Facebook group. And by the way, our Facebook group is, uh, what, over 220 strong now. And uh, thanks and, you know, to, all your, to all your friends. We're almost up to 230. Um you know, tell your friends who watch the shows. I mean, the shows are coming back, and they want. You know, we cover all the DC TV shows all season long, so uh, it's you know it's a good thing. We watch all the dumb TV, so you don't have to. Even Legends of Tomorrow. That's right. But uh, well, I put the call out on the Facebook group for some questions about the upcoming seasons of shows on the DC TV, and we got some good ones. Uh, first of all, we uh, heard from Donnie Salvo, who I, I guest host with. Uh, it's full disclosure here <laughs> on uh, Nothing's On every week uh, with Daryl uh, Taylor, who's usually here on DCTV, but is, I believe, in the throes of apostacoma right now. That's he's, what I'm going carb coma for the win. Yes. He's at St. Franco-American's Hospital, if you want to send flowers. Um, or marinara sauce. Yeah, they're, yeah. Using, they're using that new spaghetti. <laughs> that, yeah, it, they're it, using that new it, spaghetti-o technology to probably try to bring him out of the apostacoma. Right. So. Edible Arrangements is now experimenting with pasta. There you go. I think they do a marinara sauce transfusion. Or maybe just like a little, uh, you know, meatball bouquet. That would be nice. Hey. Sprinkle the cheese. That would be awesome. Get well but, uh, soon, Daryl. Yeah. <laughs> Daryl, don't <laughs> go into the Parmesan. Don't go don't into the light. Don't go into the Parmesan. Don't go into the light, Daryl. Stay with us. Don't. Of, Eat the meatball. That's a lot of carbs. <laughs> So there is no meatball. Um, anyway, but there's Donnie no and... Yeah, the meatball's a lie. Sorry. Meat, meat, the bun is in your mind. The bun is in your mind. <laughs> now I'm thinking about Meatwad. I'm thinking about Meatwad from uh, Alphateens. So anyway, hey, I'm already digressing. We haven't even gotten to the question. It's awesome. But anyway, Donnie and Salvo and Daryl and myself do a weekly podcast called Nothing's On where we cover the whole spectrum of TV that we can anyway and still, you know, have our sanity and families and jobs and stuff uh but we are covering a lot more shows on there so if you know we don't cover a show on here we only cover the dc shows here go there we're gonna be talking about mr robot and american horror story and a bunch of other stuff there but donnie asked a bunch of questions first of all uh coming into the new season which show are you most excited about lucifer why mm. why am i excited about lucifer yeah dude is hot dude okay fair enough <laughs> <laughs> and because I like the whole that's that's something I've I've like wrote written papers on before. I love the theme of the Satan or the devil as the emergence of free will, free thought, like, you know, before it was fashionable. Yeah, yeah I do like yeah. the way they're setting up they set up the whole mythology of him and his mom and what happened and you know, that's really pretty cool. What about you, Rich? Yeah, this is a difficult question to answer because, like, I, I would say overall probably The Flash, but that's because it's the more fun show out of the DC yeah, shows. 
but after this week, I am kind of really excited to see where Lucifer is going to go. I mean, I, it really caught me off guard. I really, really enjoyed this season opener. So, um, yeah, because, wow, it was, yeah, I'm I'm kind of on board with the Lucifer train. That's cool. I mean, I really like the pilot, too, and we'll talk about it in a minute. But I think the show, I mean, running neck and neck for me, and, you know, no pun intended, really, uh, would be Supergirl. Because I like the fact they're bringing in this whole, you know, whole like raft of mythology there. They're bringing in Monel. They're bringing in right. Superman. Yeah. You know, they're bringing in a lot of the cool, you know, mythos of the DCU that the Snyder movies kind of left out. You know what I mean? And I'm I'm really right. psyched, psyched to see that. Um, and and the Flash, like you said, because it's probably the most fun show of, of the bunch. Um, although I really do want to see them turn, see if they can turn around Arrow or Legends. Um, I, I, they even realize they messed up with Legends and Arrow, I think, and I think they really have something to prove with both. So. I'm kind of excited to see where iZombie's going to go this year, too. Oh, yeah, after that ending? Yeah. yeah. Um, which show are you not excited about? Lame. <sighs> Legends, of, Legends of Tomorrow? Yeah. Yep. It, it, it's definitely Legends of Tomorrow. Before this week, I would have said it's kind of a toss-up between Legends and Lucifer, but again, Lucifer kind of blew me away. I would. I don't know. I'm. I'm excited about all of them. I know I sound like a Pollyanna or whatever, but of the group, yeah, no, dude. We're. I'm, I'm I mean, I wouldn't do a podcast about them if I didn't like too. them. You know. Ah, you're right. But yeah, um, right. I think if we get to talk about. So even if it's it's really bad, we get to talk about that. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I really, yeah. Like I said in the last question, I really want Arrow to hit it out of the park this season, and I really want Legends to turn it around, because I think they can, you know? Remember how abysmal the first season of Gotham was, and how cool season two was, you know what I mean? And I think I think Legends, given a chance, could probably be, like, the best show of the CW, but they just haven't had a good... They haven't had a really good storyline, or, or good... I mean, yeah, I, think, I like really the way they're going to change it up. They said they're going to have more done yeah. one episodes, and uh, and think, you know, more fun episodes, so... And I'm psyched to see the JSA, of course. But if they actually put the time into it now, and, you know... Because, as it's been stated before, that season was rushed out. Yeah. So, maybe this time they'll... May, I, I don't know, but... I just yeah. think they were kind of victims of their own success there, you know. Like, yeah. Oh, we can do yeah. another show? Okay, quick, put this together, <laughs> you know. Who we got? Well, right, we got right. Captain Cold, we got the Adam. Okay, okay, who else? Yeah. So, um, and what do you expect? But it definitely show? has the potential out of, out of all the shows it has, well, I don't know, Supergirl too, but out of, you know, because it is an ensemble kind of situation, and they can bring the players in and out, which, you know, I'd like to see some other stuff come down the pike if 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 they're able to sustain and have a good year. You know, I'd like to see some other characters from the DCU that haven't been oh, yeah. on team. Nightwing, for one. Well, we've seen some, some cool uh, little bits and dribs and drabs of, of news about that drip, you know, come out, like the... Uh, like for instance, there are going to be two obsidians now. One of them is Lance Hendrickson, the old older obsidian, and then it's going to be a younger obsidian as well. I mean, that's a pretty deep cut, you know. So, I guess we kind of already answered what this third question: What show do you expect the most out of? I guess it'd be Legends and Arrow, because last season of Arrow was kind of, eh, we all agree it had its ups and downs, you know. I'm yeah. a, I expect the most out of Supergirl because it was just so joyful. Yeah. Period, and now that they're you know on the network and they've got you know the 
Superman component. I'm, I'm really excited to see it. I don't think they could really screw up what they set up last season. I think it would be really hard for them. Yeah, I have to yeah, agree with that. I think, I think, I, I, yeah. I agree with that, too. I just I think they have a really good momentum. they got a good rhythm going with that show. And if they keep that going, I think it's going to be, you know, it could probably even outshine the Flash. So Now, surprisingly, Cat Grant is, like, kind of my... Not my favorite part of the Supergirl show, but to me, she was kind of a tent pole through the episodes, mm-hmm. you know, and I hope that the whole living and filming situation changing isn't going to take her off the show too much. Hmm. Well, we'll see. I mean, it was cool for her to have a mentor, you know. Yeah. I did like that aspect of it. Uh, Donnie, and this goes out to Daryl, if you're listening, Daryl. Why did you cancel our Hulu, Daryl? Why, Daryl? Why? Because Donnie was sharing Hulu with Daryl. So. Okay. Uh, Adam Fatah wrote in. He also uh, writes in for, uh, for Nothing's On. Uh, I have a question for the DC TV panel. Hey, that's us. Yay. <laughs> hey, we're a panel. Uh, yes. I, <laughs> I personally feel that Arrow Season 5 should be the last season for Arrow. I don't want the show to go further down the toilet. Ouch. This was the show that kicked off the DC TV universe. I would like for the show's legacy to be remembered for that. Obviously, CW would want a replacement show. My candidates are Nightwing, Batgirl, or rebooted uh, Birds of Prey show. Yeah, I, I, I kind of, I kind of feel the same way. Season five was, it was such, it wasn't. Oh, season four, buddy. Season five is coming up. Our season four was kind of a letdown, and I really am hoping that they either, with this whole new mentoring, new heroes thing, I hope that it, it's good. I just, because I would like to see the show at least go out on a good note. Right. But, and and the other part of your question here um, about replacement show, uh I well, I had already said, like I said a few minutes ago, I'd love to see Nightwing, but definitely your comment there, Adam, of a rebooted Birds of Prey show, I would totally be on board for that. I think if they did something drastic, like say, you know, kill off Oliver at the end of season five, they could transition with the new generation of heroes right into a Birds of Prey show because you already have Black Canary, right? Right. You could bring in Felicity, you you know, you could just, or call it the Outsiders or something else, you know. I think it'd be a great way to That'd set, cool. great way to set up a more street level show with new characters and you know, young heroes trying to prove them, you know, prove themselves. I think that'd be a really good angle. Um, again, I what well, I said before, I think Arrow has a lot to prove this season, so I hope it does. All right, this Whoa. is this is what I'm going to go just all off the script here. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yes. There's a script. They don't, if they don't, I mean, I I'm, you guys, he gave, he gave, he gave options. I'm just saying, I want you know a show of Baby Diggle just solving all the crimes everywhere. Baby you Diggle. Know, just, <laughs> yeah. That would be so suit. great. It's little like, baby, little baby in a, like Wal- a in a Walder's <laughs> helmet. Yes, he's, yes. he's he's like a Stewie type character in Thank the show. You. Right? There yes. you go. Just put him in a mecha cyborg suit, but he's still a baby. But he's a diggle baby. Look at his lineage. He got diggle this, baby. Yeah, dude, I'll watch diggle baby. I'll the, watch the shit out of diggle baby. Ready? Now, I, I, I even have a theme song. You ready? 
Little Diggle. Little Diggle. Watch out, crime. Here he comes. It's... Oh, oh, no, it's di diaper baby. times. Diggle baby. As long as you give him the same helmet as his dad has, I think that would be great. That's exactly what I was thinking. That would that'd be the, the cornerstone of the Diggle Baby Mepha suit. Now, a similar, now, are you saying a similar helmet that's his size or the actual oh, no. No, helmet? Oh, no, no. Same helmet. Like, that, like yes, Diggle yeah. gets killed in a fiery crash and all that's left is his helmet. Yeah, it's and, baby, like, and baby Diggle lives, uh, you know, for revenge to seek the. Yeah, because we and there's that there's that homage to Star Wars as Baby Diggle holds up Daddy Diggle's helmet head. Right there you go. Oh my gosh, that's Kylo how Diggle. powerful is that? I like the Did whole play the Lion King Diggle. song and oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Baby Diggle. <laughs> yeah, Get Berlanti on the phone. Okay, I'm just saying. I mean, he asked the question. I wanted Diggle, to Diggle. knock it out of the park. I, I, I don't want to stay uh, with the Akuna Matata, well, Jerry. Akuna Matata. I, I, think, I think, though, that some of these choices, like Nightwing and Batgirl, might be a little too close to the Bat Universe for them to want to use on CW. Oh, but Nightwing, I think that they really that would be great. See, Back, there was well, yeah, there was like, that tight that Titans uh, script that was going around. They said it was going to be a pilot for TNT, and Nightwing was going to be the main character of it, and he was you know trying to prove himself out of the shadow of Batman. And, you know, uh, they, they said they weren't ever going to really refer to Batman by name. They're just going to say, you know, that guy. You know, he got killed, though, didn't it? Yeah, he got killed in production. But um, I don't know. CW's been really hesitant to use any of the Bat universe. I mean, they couldn't even call Felicity Oracle for Pete's sake. You know, they had to make that joke about it in the episode. Oh. So, I mean, this might be a little clo too close to the Bat universe, but I could totally see them, like I said, with a new version of Birds of Prey, or like I said, call it The Outsiders, or call it, I mean, there's a lot. I'm, you know. I like The Outsiders, that would be good, I'd like that. I mean, that'd be a cool incarnation of the group, I mean, you already, you'd have Mr. Mr. Trific, Wild Dog, the new Black Canary, you know, say White Canary comes off of um, Legends to be like the group leader, you know, okay. I don't know, just Blue Sky. Uh, John Davis. Yeah, as far oh. as, um, I'm sorry, as far as um, it being the last season of Arrow, like, there were so many moments last season where I was just, I I was looking around to see if anybody, you know, that wasn't in my living room was there so I could just shrug my head like, what is this? I mean, that can't continue. If that continues, why is this show on? So, yeah, if you can't pull the, the plane out of, you know, free fall, we need to end it for sure. I think the 22-episode uh, thing really hurts Arrow. I think I, so. Yeah, maybe, because they're think, just reaching. Mm -hmm. I think if it was a tighter or shorter season, yeah. probably a better show. I feel that way with a lot of shows. So. Or have an A and B, like like Walking Dead has. You know, the two like, seasons are related, but they're two different arcs. Yeah, or alternate, or or do like uh, Daredevil did and have like three story arcs, you know? Yeah. And then yeah. Uh, you know one story arc might go into two as a subplot, but you know it has the main arc of this arc is the Punisher, this arc is Elektra, you know. Cool. I think that'd be a good way to go too. Ah, now I'm longing for Daredevil season three. Thanks, Jim. Hey. Um. Oh yeah, like there's not drop, so y'all can I'm, shut up. That's what I was gonna say. Like there's. <laughs> oh, I'm ready for that too. Hell yeah. Like there's enough yeah. television for you to watch. Come on. Uh, John Davis wrote in, uh, my concerns about Gotham were alleviated Monday. 
Uh, the first 12 minutes established the new status quo nicely. I agree. I thought that was good. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I will be curious to see what the revamped Arrow and Legends look like. As will I. Uh, Flash and Supergirl should be as good as always. I think iZombie with his game-changing finale is my most anticipated show. Yeah, they really did like totally flip the script on that with the finale. Wait, so. did she die? She's been dead, dude. Oh, oh, that's right. Okay. She's, she's a, zombie. a zombie. She's a zombie that kind of goes with the whole zombie thing. I'm just, you said they flipped the script. I mean. Carlos wrote in, Carlos Fuentes, uh, do you think Superman's arrival in Supergirl will overshadow Supergirl? No, not at all. That's not no. what I'm worried about. What I'm worried about is that Superman gets, gets, um, overplayed, overused, and, and and he'll be over the top. I I have nothing. Or are they going to power him down? Yeah, I have nothing to, to base like that him. on. I'm just I'm worried. I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm excited that they're bringing him in. It's just there's been so many God, variations of Superman in the past five years that I'm scared as to what they might come up with. That's all I'm saying. Well, I'm, I hope I'm, it's good. Yeah, I do too. I just I feel like they already have enough super people on that show. Like they have Supergirl, they got Martian Manhunter, they're bringing in Ms. Martian, they got Monel coming this season. Um, they already have the you know, the Kryptonians that are still loose out there, and I'm sure they're going to bring back um, uh, what's her name, Matrix or whatever her name was, the the robot girl who got broken in half. Yeah. yeah. And the season finale is played by the old Supergirl from Smallville. Uh, uh, Laura Vandervoort. Indigo, Indigo. Thank you, not Matrix. Indigo. So hot. She's a very attractive young lady. But anyway, um, I, I think they have enough super people on that show already that they, they're going to use Superman very sparingly. That would be my guess. Right. I mean, I, and that's right. I'm hoping. That's what I'm hoping for. Because yeah. just don't overuse him. You know. Yeah. He's off there and she's there. Yeah. And then Carlos Carmona chimed in. Uh, just saw Gotham this week. What do you think about the way they aged up Ivy? I think it's troubling. I'll tell you why. They want to make her older so she can be more of a seductress. Yet she's still like a 12-year-old girl trapped in a an adult's body. And that is kind of troubling to me, kind of weird, scary. Well, they did that. They have, There's a precedence for that. It's not like she's the only character that that's ever happened. Isn't that what Shazam is? Or Well, I mean, Shazam's... Yeah, but Shazam's not out trying to... Yeah, but he's not trying to seduce people, you know. He's and hitting when, on it, superhero chicks left and right. But when Shazam, when they picture Shazam, and, but when they picture Shazam in cartoons, he acts like a ten-year-old boy. You know what I mean? They yeah. cast this like very, you know, very attractive young lady, and they said they're gonna, okay. you know, like focus on Ivy's powers of seduction or whatever. I guess with Gordon, right. I would. I'm, I'm guessing. Ew. But like, yeah, she's a, yeah see, how that, make, that makes it creepy. Okay, for no, me. that's right. Yeah. But they, I thought the same thing about uh, Twilight. I mean, this is a centuries-old pedophile, for Christ's sakes. Yeah. But uh, twin mm-hmm. girls are lining up to see them, and their moms are going with, and I'm like, y'all are some disturbing freaking people. Yeah. So. That's why I never got into Twilight. No, I mean... Anyway, <laughs> what do you think, uh, Rich? I, I don't know. I'm just... I'm waiting to see how it unfolds to, before I really judge it, because... I, I didn't hate the whole thing. It's just, I, I'll see where it goes. Yeah, I, guess I will too. I just It just seems like it could be a weird gray area. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
Okay, well, since we started talking about it already, let's go ahead and dive into Gotham. Uh, season 3, Episode 1. Uh, Mad City is the... There, there's no colon this time, though. Okay. Oh, no, wait, yes, there is. I'm sorry. What? Gotham, wait, I'm going to read it all. Gotham, Please do. Mad City, colon, better to reign in hell. Okay. Um, we saw some... Things have gone uh, six months since the last episode, except for the very first scene where we show Gordon in a very sunny neighborhood. Like, I thought I was watching the wrong show for a second. It's never yeah, like, sunny Whoa. in Gotham. I mean, the way they shoot Gotham is like... Right. Yeah. Uh, so he's like in this idyllic suburban neighborhood with a bouquet of flowers, and he's running up to Lee's new house, and he looks in the window, and he sees Lee... Uh, happily in the arms of another man. And doesn't even knock or anything. Nope. Nothing. He just walks away. She does look, she does look crestfallen, and then he walks away. Hmm. The, um, I mean, we have a lot of stuff to let, you know, left over from the end of last season. That bus, uh, that Ooh. crashed, you know, with all of right. Hugo Strange's, uh, um, you know, creations in it, and they are you know now loose in the city. And we start off with the uh, with this really cool sequence in a pharmacy, where um, you know we hear a lot of things being knocked over and broken. And there's a guy behind the counter, and he's like, you know, get out of here! I'm going to call the cops. He pulls out a shotgun, but it doesn't seem to matter because we have I, I don't want to call him Killer Croc because he looked more like a Stegosaurus. Uh, right. right <laughs> Like, I was wondering, was it supposed to be Killer Croc, though? Yeah. I thought so, but then he um, it seemed like it, it seemed it seemed he was. Uh, they were going for something like that, you know, because um, this guy's like seven feet tall. He's got plates right. and, and spikes coming out of him, all kinds of places, and uh, nothing seems to hurt him. And he throws the. Uh, Throws the uh, the uh, pharmacist out the window, and who's there but bounty hunter Jim Gordon? Uh, Jim Gordon is no longer in the GCPD, and he has been making money by uh, bringing in Hugo Strange's uh, you know collection of freaks one at a time. Uh, he tries to you know give the roundhouse that doesn't quite work. He, does, he tries to hit him right in the stomach. The guy just smiles at him. He, you know he, he uses a few moves on, gets away from the guy, and the guy's standing in the street. Gordon gives him a look, and a giant truck just hits him out of nowhere. <laughs> Which, I mean, we've seen in movies before. I think there's even a super right. of like people being hit by, um, yeah, by yeah. You know, cars out of nowhere. Um, the next next um, scene we get is in the GCPD, and uh, you know, Gordon is there hanging out with uh, Bullock, and Bullock kind of gives a little bit of exposition. You know, he's like. Uh, you know, you're a cop and everything, but name only, and you know why you should come back onto the force. Um, Barnes is there, and he's walking around with, you know, a, a cane. Uh, he's having a lot, a lot of trouble, you know, difficulty walking around, but he's up and mad as usual. And Richard Kind, as the mayor, is back too, and they're trying to whitewash what's going on with the Hugo Strange freaks, but there's a new reporter in town. <laughs> Shocking. Val Valerie Vale, um, asking you know the hard questions, and then uh, 
as she's trying to get uh, a little bit deeper into the, uh, you know, what is going on with Hugo Strange and, and, uh, and you know, all these things, freaks that have been left out into the city, here comes Oswald Cobblepot. Um, he kind of takes over the press conference and he says that this is all, all the work of one person. Guess who, everybody? Mm. Fish Mooney. Fish Mooney. And he offers a one million dollar bounty on Fish's head, which you know, Gordon's ears perk up when he hears that. Also, we find out Lucius Fox is now like the science guy at the GCPD. I guess, kind of like he, the, he took Nigma's place. Yeah, he took Nigma's old job, and uh, not real happy about it. But you know, he's there and he's trying to help. He's trying to, after everything that happened to him in, in Arkham Asylum, he's trying to make things right. It's really kind of a step down in roles for him, but. Personally, I'm sure I, it's temporary. I mean, you know. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, um, uh, Alfred and Bruce were away, you know, and he doesn't know who to trust at Bray- Wayne Enterprises. It would make sense right. for him to. I mean, he's probably, you know, obviously reporting to Bruce and Alfred, I would guess. Probably so. You know, Penguin puts out the bounty. I don't know why he just didn't offer the reward right to Gordon, because he talks to Gordon before he leaves. Yeah. And, and then, uh, you know, he doesn't, you know, he doesn't tell him, you know, straight out, hey, there's a million reasons why you should go get fish. Um, we then, uh, we then see Oswald and Butch going to Tabitha and Barbara's new club called Sirens, Sirens of Gotham, uh, which was their comic, uh, shout out. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Butch is still holding a torch for Tabby, man, big time. Oh yeah, they have uh, they've kind of taken over uh, this the bar and they are you know they are living pretty high and you know penguin penguin is like you know are you gonna pay me a tribute here or whatever and uh, he's like the only reason you guys are alive is because Butch wants you alive he still has you know this thing for you Barbara is really annoying character I just I I don't like that character. All. Are you supposed to like the bad guys? I don't I mean, think so. I don't think you're supposed to like her. I like her with Tabitha. I think they're a good match. Yeah. They're, they're both fun together. crazy as hell. And the scene yeah. where the guys tried to shake him down for money, I thought was great. Where she's like, please don't hit me, and then just starts laughing. Kind of like Jerome did, but we're getting ahead of ourselves. Like I said, Jamie Chung is uh, uh, Valerie Vale. And she's the one who tells Gordon about the million dollar bounty on fish uh, while he's in his, um, in his bar. And he's like, Hey, you know, I, it's tough to find a quiet bar in Gotham. Now I'm going to have to find somewhere else. You keep bothering me or whatever. Um, but now, you know, she's put the bug in his ear and he knows that, you know, fish Mooney's out there for a million bucks. Uh, then we get the scene with Oswald Enigma. Yeah. Now Enigma's still in Arkham. Because they showed like an establishing shot of Arkham before they went in there, and I guess their friendship has gotten stronger. Because I mean, Penguin yeah. is like, you know, he tells him he's like, I couldn't have gotten through these times without you, my friend. You know, he he brings him this like supposedly unsolvable puzzle box, and of course, Enigma <laughs> busted out in no time at all. There you go. That was and, funny. And uh, you know, he says that was a lovely thought. I really feel like these guys like each other. You know, like they're buddies. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And the Enigma, you know, tries to prop up Oswald with that really awesome line, you know, about, cause, you know, his, 
he's scared of fish. He doesn't know what she's plotting or planning. He knows she's coming after him. Why did she leave me alive? He's full of all these questions. And then Nygma's like, you know, you need to stop this. You need to pull it together. And he makes a little origami penguin. And he says, penguins eat fish. I love that line. I felt like I had been had at that line. I was like, you guys waited how many years to pull that gag out? Because I started out like, why would you name the bad guy Fish? I mean, she's a chick. What what is, how does this even happen? You know, like, it sounds so derogatory, but now it makes sense. Just for that line, I think they did. (laughs) I think, well, I think we discussed that when the show first began. We did. The whole penguin fish thing. Yeah, I was like, don't Mm -hmm. penguins eat fish? I'm sure they'll say that at some point. And then they did. It took them three seasons. so long. It took oh three seasons. You're right, Jerry. It took him three seasons to make that joke. So, congratulations, uh, Bruno. Well, Hall. two seasons and an episode. And everyone at Gotham, you, you joke, joke, joke made. <laughs> um, oh, you. Fish, by the way, is dying. Uh, every time she uses her little power, it is hurting her, you know, causing, and that's why they're breaking into pharmacies and whatnot to steal the drugs that she needs to survive. And then they find the warehouse that manufactures the drug they need. I don't know how they figured out what drug they need, because you know, nobody tells us. Um, By the way, Fish Mooney 2.0, I like better than the Fish Mooney oh, we yeah. had in Season 1. Yeah. World's better. World's better. She's not as yeah, campy. Yeah, this is a fish I can get behind. Still yeah. a little annoying. And it's not that she's not as campy. It's that, in think about it, in Season 2... Gotham somehow was able to balance the drama and action of this with campiness to, to the point it worked. And I think the show caught up to where Fish's character now fits in. Yeah. That sounds uh, I can see yeah. that. Also, I yeah. think it, um, I really never felt like she was much of a threat before. You know right. I, mean? I never understood right. why she was so intimidating before. Now that she was got that voice. Now that she's got that ability, she's incredibly intimidating. I mean, she can make yep. anyone do what they want them, you know, she wants them to. Um, they're at the, uh, the, uh, Gordon figures out the warehouse is holding this stuff and corners fish. By the way, we get to see a demonstration of this one guy, Marty, I guess his power is to like suck, <laughs> suck the years out of you. you like yeah. really bad makeup on that guy, by the way. Yeah. That kind of took me out of it a little bit. Actually, I wanted to comment. I was going to comment on that later, but since you brought it up, there was bad makeup throughout the entire episode. I mean, it was really, really bad. Like, if you look, at, if you look at the the bar scene with Barbara and Tabby, my God, Barbara's makeup—it's like they caked. Like, I don't know. It just—it was bad. It, it was either bad makeup or somebody didn't light it well. But I, to me, the makeup was way off. On it seemed the, like the special the effects makeup to me was off. Like when they aged somebody. For sure. Uh, oh, for sure. Yeah, or when they showed that guy was supposed to be, you know, creepy or, or whatever. I just thought it was, you know, it, it, it took me out of it. It was, it was awful enough. So, um, Gordon's two, the Gordon uh, uh, corners Fish and her, her band of freaks in the uh, warehouse. Fish puts her hands out to be cuffed, but uh, Gordon's too smart for that. But while it's happening, he gets attacked by Batman, <gasps> a bat dash man. Or a man bat, I guess. I Say it's man bat. It, it's not Kurt Langstrom, thinking, though. I mean, no, but I was thinking maybe it's a different version of man bat. He's one of the Indian Hill escapees. He has actual bat wings. 
uh, coming out of his body. And at first, I thought it was a snake thing because of the noise he was making. And they showed, yeah. like, one of the escapees they showed had, like, snake eyes or whatever, I remember, in the end of the second season. So at first, when he was making those noises and those moves, you know, I thought it was, like, a snake guy under the coat. But then later, uh, we find out it's definitely bat wings. Um, Selena's kind of playing all sides in this situation. She's been kind of like, uh, Fish Mooney's errand girl, but she's off, also offers to sell her out to Valerie for, for a reward. Um, Valerie passes on that information to Gordon and, uh, assumes that they're going to be, you know, mutually beneficial. But, uh, Gordon collects the address they need and then locks Valerie in her car so she can't follow him there. Because who's at the address? <gasps> Mrs. Peabody. Dun, dun, dun. Hugo Strange's, yeah, Hugo Strange's uh, assistant. Uh, I guess she's under witness protection because she's about to testify against Hugo Strange. But uh, he's like, uh, she's like, do you want to? I guess you want to know who runs Gotham City. And she, and he's like, no, I don't. I'm just going to sit here because they're going to follow me to you, and they know that you know, I know the you know Fish Mooney wants you. Because she's dying and she needs these drugs and she needs your expertise to save her life. So, their last hope for a miracle is you. So I'm going to sit here and wait. And sure enough, um, Fish knows how to work the streets to her advantage. And Selena's tip was just a plant. Three of the Indian Hill escapees followed Gordon right to Peabody. Uh, Gordon, you know, who thinks he can take them all on himself, can't. And they get away with Peabody. Um... The only one Gordon is able to take out the Batman, like goes for the door or goes for the, out the window and he grabs him. And as he does, Valerie Vale takes a picture of the, the guy's bat wings like spreading out. Um, then we cut to a scene we saw a lot in season two, Barnes reaming out Harvey and Gordon. <laughs> uh, I'm going to put your head on a pike. You know, it's like, uh, it's, you know, they, they did not want to lose Peabody, so, uh, they, you know, got a, this didn't, you know, the second time they've been, uh, disgraced in one week, once by, you know, Oswald, and now this, you know, so. Then we cut to, uh, Fish and Peabody in, uh, in some warehouse somewhere. This guy Marv. I think that's, that might be a shout out to, um, Frank Miller. Like Marv. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Cause the guy kind of yeah. looks like Frank Miller. Uh, Fish calls him a fountain yeah, of youth. Yeah, he does, kind of, yeah. Yeah. He uh, calls him a fountain of youth in reverse. Um, and Peabody tells him, look, you know, there's no no way I could cure you, but Hugo Strange does. Even when um, Fish uses her mojo on her to tell the truth, or to, you know, to tell her the truth or whatever, which, you know, hurts. You know, she tells Fish, she's like, the more you use your ability, the more it's going to kill you. Uh, I cannot fix you. You just have to stop using the ability. And she says, no. Not going to, uh, you know, keep using it, and you're gonna, you're gonna help me. And then she tries to, you know, get the truth out of her, and it turns out only Strange can help her, really. Um, and uh, Marv, your fountain of youth in reverse, guy touches Peabody and withers and dies to a really bad prosthetic makeup of a really old uh, lady. Yeah, that was the one. That was the one. Every time they age someone up like that, it really bothered me. Um, Ivy followed Selena to the warehouse, though, to try to get a cut of whatever she was working. And uh, she gets caught by one of the escapees. Uh, then she breaks free, and then the escapees chase her. Selena screams, you know, for them to leave her alone. But Marv gets a hand on her, but only briefly. And then she falls into a water main 
Um, and Selena feels, fears the worst. So this is how they're going to age her up, by just having this guy touch her a little bit, I guess. Uh, but like I said, she still has the mind of a child. So I don't know how they're going to play with that. Or, wait, or does she? I mean, when he ages you, does he literally, like, age, like, all your synapses, so you literally have the reasoning ability of an adult? Yeah, but maturity it's, comes through experience. It's not... Uh, it's a combination of things. It's physiology and experience. Uh, it it is, but I don't know. It reminds me of big. I know, I know, it's still, I'm not saying it's not still creepy, but if he's literally aging her physiology and her neurology to the point where she would be a rational, well-ish, because... And yeah, well, and I think I think you might be right because I think as much as this show has asked us to suspend disbelief, right? In that realm of possibility, that's what they may be trying to get us yeah. to believe here. Because um, I thought that you know, yes, it looked like he made them old and withered and died, but I thought it was more or less, oh, he's just zapping their energy. He's, yeah. you know, taking their, their what, you know, whatever you want to call it, but, um, like it. but obviously if she's actually grown and aged like that, then it's not the case. He's just taking their life essence or life force. It's, he's actually aging them. So maybe that's probably, I think Jerry is, on to what they're want, going to want us to believe. Yeah, I think you're right. It's still weird. Um, no, it's, it's going to be weird, but yeah. But um, I'd feel a little bit better about it if she could at least, you know, have the reasoning power and not be all hormones like a right. preteen or teenager. That'd be cool. Hmm. Uh, we'll see how they play it. Um, Bruce's subplot this episode, he he's, had been gone for the whole six months in Switzerland, I guess, on a fact-finding trip. He comes back to Gotham and uh, assembles a board of Wade Enterprises and says that he knows for a fact a shadowy organization has infiltrated Wade Enterprises. And he'll expose them if they don't come forward within, was it 48 hours, 24 hours, something like that? Yeah. We then see a scene where the woman who had the mask on from that Hugo Strange was talking to in season two, in the Court of Owls, um, sending a masked assassin, who I guess is supposed to be their version of Talon, um, to oh, I think so, yeah, yeah, to Wayne Manor. And Have they ever actually referred to that as the Court of Owls, or are we as fans just inserting that? I think we're we, inserting it. We're just inserting it. Okay, we're inserting um, it. We can just call them the court, you know, the, the the shadowy organization. If you oh, yeah. I mean, I think that's who they're going to obviously be, but you know, I just was because I couldn't remember if they did or not. No, they had. They, they've never actually mentioned it by name at all. No, they haven't. They just said a secret society. That's how they prefer it. You know. And the masks are not cool like the Court of Owls. So there's that. And if it does turn out to be the Court of Owls, I hope that at some point they they um, delve into the history of it and maybe go back with, um, you know, back in the late 1800s, that Gotham that they wrote into All-Star Western. That would be awesome. Hmm. Maybe they could do something like that on Legends. Yeah. Oh no, it well, wouldn't, we, wouldn't tie in a different universe, sorry. Oh yeah. But wait, where did we get Jonah Hex? That was Legend. That was Le- yeah. yeah. So yeah, I guess I couldn't, yeah. Anyway, Alfred um the the attacker shows up at Wayne Manor and you know, Alfred's usual badassery is not enough and he gets soundly knocked out and when he comes to 
And he grabs uh, Bruce Wayne over his shoulder and leaves. There were also a couple of other um, uh, plot lines. There was the one with, uh, there's a clone version of Bruce Wayne wandering around Gotham. He's like a blank, though. He doesn't have any idea what he is. He doesn't even know who Bruce Wayne is. He can barely, I mean, he he like phonetically says the name when Ivy says it, you know. Um, The only difference between the two is he has long hair, pretty much. Uh, He's very emo. Yes, he's emo Bruce Wayne. (laughs) Let's just refer to him as that from now on. Uh, But he pops up a few times in this episode, kind of in the background, kind of listening, uh, following Selena around. Uh, He sees, you know, the real Bruce Wayne and then uh, quizzes Ivy as to who that is and kind of freaks out and leaves. Uh, There's also the scene with the uh, the shakedown guys who try to shake down Tab and Barb. Um, He hits Barbara and Barbara's like, don't hit me anymore, and then just starts laughing. That Joker laughed at her as Tabitha slits the other two's throats the other two and she... Takes the gun and pistol whips the guy into you know into the ground. Um, so hot. Yeah, penguin tries. To, penguin tries to uh, you know smooth things over later. Ends up killing the guy whose territory it was, and uh, tells him you know, once again the only thing that saved him was the fact that Butch still carries a torch for Tab. So. And uh, oh, I'm sorry. Let's see, one of my favorite lines in the entire episode was Barnes when he was telling Bullock how proud he was of him. Yeah. When he realized, when he's like, I thought I was having a heart attack. <laughs> but no, it was pride. <laughs> so next time I'll know it's just indigestion. There was also, uh, I liked the scene after he confronted the board about the Court of Owls or whatever, and he walked out, and uh, Alfred's like, pancakes? Yes. <laughs> pancakes. And, uh, and Bruce is like, yeah, pancakes. That was the uh, season premiere of Gotham. What do you guys give it letter grade this time? A. I was kind of blown away. I wasn't expecting anything to move that fast the first episode and kind of establish everything that quick. And it seems like we start this season the exact opposite of last season, where it was it was Gordon telling Bullock, "Hey, you know, you got to join the force again. You're t- you know, you're a cop through and through. It's, it's like flipped." So, I like it. I don't know if I was blown away, but I definitely enjoyed it and would say in, in a minus. And, um, you know, there, there are times throughout this show that Bruce Wayne, it's a roller coaster of he's an annoying brat. He's an annoying emo teen. He's this power, you know, future power CEO corporate guy that's just balls out smart. And then he goes back through the cycle again. And what we got in that boardroom at the end, that's the Bruce Wayne that I like in this show. Yeah, I think he's kind of, kind of and I, you know, I hate to use the pun, but he's kind of growing into the role, you know? Yeah. He's definitely not. Literally, I mean, yeah. literally yeah. He's too. Yeah, and literally, I mean, literally, he looks older. You know, he is older. I give it an A. I thought it was a strong premiere. I really like the new status quo. I like the way that, you know, they're hunting down these, uh, you know, they're, instead of just ignoring everything that happened in the last season, they're really working from that. And I really like that. I like the, yeah. new, I like the new Penguin, uh, status. I like, I like the status quo for everybody, actually. It's interesting, you know? Yeah. You see the one good cop who's now, like, you know, sitting at a bar all day as a bounty hunter, and you see, like, yeah. I don't know, just, it is. The whole dynamic is just flipped and changed, but it's a good thing. Everything's dynamic. Everything yeah. seems to be playing well off each, off the, off the other things. 
I'm uh, glad they were able to change things up a bit. You know. yeah. Okay, let's move on to the fur of Lucy, Lucy Fur. Uh, season premiere. Season two. This blew me away. Uh, Seriously? This has some really cool stuff. And again, the better episodes are always the ones that that are, are um, you know, more preoccupied with the mythology than with it's the... It's the procedural. Yeah. It's, yeah. The procedural plays the background. Yeah. Right. And this, and I thought that worked real well this time with the procedural in the background with him totally. thinking that, you know, this, this um, victim or whatever was somehow tied to his mom. Um, thinking everybody actually runs into the very first part of the episode, him and Amendio uh, walk into the middle of a bank robbery. And he thinks they're checking out all the people that have died and been resuscitated recently in the LA area. Because that's how he thinks his mom escaped hell, but it's by hopping into someone else's body. Yeah. So he the him and Amendio like walk into the middle of a jewel heist. And at first he thinks the leader of the heist is his mom. But it turns out, no. He's like, you want to be free, free from hell. He's like, no, I want to be free from debt, man. So, uh, <laughs> so Amendiel does his little time slip thing, and uh, when he comes out of it, he's naked, wearing a tiara, and his shoes are tied together. He's not naked. He's in his underwear. All right, he's in his underwear. Yeah, <laughs> right. so but with a tiara, so that makes it. tiara was right. He's wearing a tiara, so he wasn't naked. You're right. You're right. See? But uh, yeah, thought it was thought it was pretty funny. But that's how they start this episode, just by you know, I mean they had the recap at the beginning of last season on Lucifer. But I mean I thought this was a cool way to set it all up. Him and Mandiel are looking for his mom. This is how his mom is going to get back into the world. You know what I mean? And this yep. is uh, you know, this is this is the hook. You know, I thought that was great great way to play it. Um, I also enjoyed uh, the way that he kept thinking the procedural. Was part of his uh, right. you know, his mom's right. thing, and I that made the procedural more interesting for me. You know, it did. Yeah. The misdirection was real, and you were like, didn't know whether to go with them, or and it was obvious. The theme of this show to me was he literally thinks it's all about him right. in the worst possible oh, way. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and well, why he's been that have, way uh, the whole right. time. Yeah, but yeah, but like. But he doesn't even realize it. You'd think it, at least he would realize it. At least he'd be self-aware of that fact. Well, we know that changes. Humor about everything else. Yeah, true. That's There's also a subplot about uh, Chloe getting a blood sample of Lucifer's, and Lucifer just like, hey, go ahead, check my blood. You know, I'll, if that's going to prove to you who I am, then check it. And okay. Amendiel is against that, totally. He knows that's a bad thing because of the... Humans have like proof of divinity that is going to really suck for everyone. So Mendiel tries to sneak into the cop, uh, the police department, to, to get the blood sample, but he finds out his his time freezing powers are kind of glitchy. Like they'll work for a little while, but then they stop. I don't know how that's going to play out, but he's maybe it's you know Lucifer becoming more mortal, and so is he because he's been in the mortal plane for so long. Well, I was thinking that, but I thought that Lu Lucifer's kryptonite is is her and that's the only time so then but maybe that's not it maybe that's been a misdirection the whole time and there's something else that's doing it and now it's affecting him they do misdirection like constantly in this piece so i can imagine that for sure i'll say the um you know the one the one thing that uh really you know 
has me hooked into this season already is that. I mean, the, yeah. or not that specifically, but the fact like, that. Like, what the crap's going on? There's stuff I, we don't know, I, yeah. and you can tell there's stuff we don't know. But well, you don't know left, where it's coming I've from. I've been left with so many questions, but not so many questions that it left me unsatisfied. So many yeah. questions that it's not got me excited. <laughs> And the show's done a good enough job paying off things so far that I think they're going to have a reasonable explanation. Or not reasonable, but like an explanation that will not be like, oh, come on. Right. You know. It was a dream. Yeah, it was all a dream. You were dead the whole time. If it's Patrick Duffy in the shower in the end, it's actually Lucifer. I'm going to be sorely disappointed. I mean, Patrick Duffy's due for a shower, right? <laughs> Amendiel also tries to get Chloe off uh, Lucifer's scent by by saying that, you know, it's, uh, by shooting himself in the chest right before a uh, commercial break. And then coming back and saying, you know, it's bulletproof vest and blood packs. And he explains that, you know, because of the rough childhood, Lucifer created his devil persona as a way of coping. And, you know, that his power is merely like, you know, uh, auditory suggestion. I don't think she bought it for a minute. I don't think so either. She seemed to me other things. I mean, it felt like he was not really trying to convince her, but give her something convenient enough and convincing enough to where she would drop it because she doesn't really want to know the truth. I mean, what human could wrap their mind around that, you know, and still go about his day-to-day activities and stuff. So I thought he was putting on a good enough show to where if she was willing to buy it, she would have. Right. I wanted, like, John Lovitz to, like, pop out and then ask Scott and say, Acting! <laughs> Sorry. Or John Lovitz dressed as the devil. Hey! Yes, I thought that too. I was like, That's this what I was thinking. Devils. I was picturing him in one of those red devil suits holding right? a pit. But, yes. Or Dave, yeah, Jason Sudeikis as the devil. I mean, that was always funny too. Yeah. Oh, that's true. The, the main procedural is actually kind of dull. It's uh, a child star. Her stand-in is killed uh, with two, like, what look like devil horns. These little things keep popping up that make Lucifer think it's his mom. The, the, the corpse has devil horns. The drug dealer they track down uses a devil emoji. Um, but it turns out just to be a big line of red herrings. When he finally does confront the murder, the woman who murdered, uh, the, the stand-in art, um, actress, uh, of course Chloe's standing right outside, so he gets clobbered and almost killed. Um, cause like you said, Chloe's his kryptonite. Well, it's interesting because up until this scene, I have thought that it's because of a certain feeling he has for her. Not necessarily love or something like that or romantic. There's something that she weakens him. But evidently, it's not a mental thing because he had no clue she was there. Right. So it is vicinity. So now what in the hell is she? There's something, she's gotta be something divine, you know, something in the, in, 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 in the Jesus bloodline or something, who knows? But she's definitely something other than straight up human. Yeah. That's called the messianic bloodline. Right. The Watch Dogma. That was Linda Fiorentino's character in Dogma. Um, Yes. We also get some good sessions with Lucifer and Dr. Linda. So great. I love Dr. Linda. Yeah, she's great. I like the way that um, he he uh, tells the story, you know, of him and his mom being cast out and stuff. He says, you know, mom and dad's coupling resulting in the Big Bang. You know, you never knew how true that, <laughs> it was. That awesome. was. 
Literally so, the Big yeah, Bang. Yeah, literally the Big Bang. <laughs> and then Daddy's out in the garage tinkering with this new toy called Humanity. His mother grew cold because he wasn't paying any attention to her. And then uh, when Lucifer got kicked out of the house, or when, when Mom got, uh, Mom did nothing upon Lucifer's banishment, and he did nothing for her when she got tossed out, too. Um, the first time he talks to Dr. Linda, he blames everyone else, including Dr. Linda, for, for what yeah, happened. Yeah, that was so great. It was very noble of you, dude. Yes, oh my gosh. That was great. But then he realizes by the end of the show that he, he needs to take some of that blame himself, because, you know, he doesn't know what was going on with his mom when he got banished, and, you know, some of that blame should should fall on him. He finally realizes it, even though it's hard for him, to, literally hard for him to say uh, huh? <laughs> to her. And I can't not help but think of Tony Soprano in moments like this. I just yeah, when the therapy breakthrough Malfi. happens and he doesn't even realize it, yeah. <laughs> or he realizes it way too late. <laughs> oh, okay. Also, the, not only are they searching for Lucifer's mom, they're also searching for Maze all through the episode, and then she kind of shows up halfway through, so that she needs some space to kind of figure out what her place is, if they're going to be here in the in the world. And it turns out that uh, she has been talking to Dr. Linda. That's her new confidant. Talking, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know. Does that make sense? Does that make sense, they're though? They're well, it... a therapist, but... It, it, well, it doesn't seem like it's a a therapist patient relationship. It no, seems like, no, 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 like a like a BFF friendship kind of thing. Yeah, well, I, you know, I, I just said she was seeing her. I didn't say that. You know, she was no, 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 I know. I'm just, you know, I'm just saying that because I'm trying to get it clear. That's I was trying to confirm that. If is that what you picked up on? That it's, it's more of a no, friendship. They're, no, they're dating. No, they're dating. Oh, you think they're dating? Yeah. And you just launched a thousand fanfics. <laughs> you just um, you just broke my brain. I didn't break my brain. I just had a nice picture in there. Anyway, uh, I'll cut that out. <laughs> I'll be in my bunk. Yeah, you'll be in your bunk. <laughs> But she kind of holds back from Lucifer and Amindy all that she's seen. Yeah, you know, that she's seen Doctor Linda. That's her. Yeah. Kind of, you know, um, kind of playing both sides in a way. We also see a few cameos from uh, uh, ex-husband douchebag cop, who I guess has been reinstated after everything with Malcolm or whatever. He's trying to be helpful wow. and just be another cop, but he's still, of course, pining for Chloe. You can tell. Um, Chloe has a really good talk to the new um, with the new um, medical examiners from Detroit. Uh, yeah, and uh, I love the noob. I love her. She She's was awesome. awesome. <laughs> yeah, she was great. And. Uh, yes. <laughs> She kind of explains to her, you know, the reason that she has faith is that she doesn't need proof. You know what I mean? The proof is, the faith is proof in itself. And that causes Chloe Is she going to be a regular? Yeah. Yeah, she's a regular. Because, I, yeah, I really dig this character. But she oh, said, she, the banter initially between her and Lucifer was amazing. The pacing. It was yeah. like a classic comedy routine. It was oh, literally yeah. watching. It was you know, amazing. I the just, only part that bugged me was yeah. when they were um, when she was talking to Chloe and they're having that deep talk about you know faith and everything, and then it was a real CSI moment where she's like, "Roses, wait a minute, huh? that applies to the case," you know, and then she's like, right. "Now we're back to the plot." And I'm like, oh, 
I've seen that like a hundred times on CSI or whatever. I'm going to say it's so, it was so contrived the way they did it too. It was like, yeah. oh. You know, and I think the reason it stuck out is because the rest of the script this episode is so good. To see something the, that, yeah, the dialogue that, was... To see something that yes, tropey was just like, oh, really? I agree. Like I, you I know, like the part I, where she get where they got the douchebag um, boyfriend of the of the girl who was like the main suspect or whatever, uh, tied up with duct tape hanging from the ceiling. Yes. And they're they're talking about something totally different. And he's like, "You guys are messed up." And he's like, "Oh, be quiet." And he puts the duct tape back on his face. He's like, "You're gonna let me go now, right?" And Maze is like, "Oh yes, after I have my fun." And uh, they show him later like running out of Lux, naked, covered in tar and feathers. And Maze is like cleaning off a taser. <laughs> so awesome! It was hilarious. I love Maze. We also learned that Maze was the one who actually right, tortured yeah. Lucifer's mom in hell. That's... So if anyone's She's got, if she has an axe to grind with somebody, it, would, it might be Maze too. You know what I mean? Um, but the very end of the episode, we get um, Lucifer singing, uh, you know, his piano lounge version of "All Along the Watchtower," which was pretty cool. Oh, I love that, by the way. I absolutely, because that's one of my favorite tunes. I love what Bear yeah. McCreary did with it in, in uh, Battlestar Galactica. Mm-hmm. But th- this was just, I loved I've it. Never heard I hope there's like a this. iTunes very or something. Yeah. Seriously cool, though. Yeah, yeah. No, he killed it. Yeah, it was cool. It was amazing to watch. I was- I'm glad it was actually him singing to you that really you know, sells it for him. Yeah. It, he was like three yeah. notes in, and I, I looked over to the BF, and I was like, that's Lucifer. And he's like, what? The song that you hear right now, that's Lucifer. What? And I was listen, and then they show him play. Be like, oh, you're right. Like, Dude, how could you not tell? Like, it's totally him. It yeah, sounds him. like him. Uh, and as he finishes his song, somebody comes up in the elevator. I guess he assumes it's Maze. He says, oh, I didn't know I had an audience. And in stumbles Trisha Helfer from Battlestar Galactica. She's no. a Cylon, yo. His She's mom a is a Cylon. toaster is what she is. but she has a bloody bloody knife in her hand (laughs) and then she falls her body's covered in blood she's holding a dagger and she gets did you notice that the the body language of her silhouette when she was just standing in the doorway it was all light behind her she kind of looked like a zombie the way she was kind of yeah and then she kind of falls forward and says Lucifer help me and that's the end of the episode now I have a question um the whole thing of, of Lucifer's theory of people that recently died and miraculously came back, that whole deal, that, that would, is, it, is that, did they establish a rule in this show that that's how demons or whatever, um, possess people? Or is that just what he was assuming? Because I have a wild theory. What if mom has taken over the doctor? I don't but know. Then, but then, then, in, or that was my theory, but then in walked Trisha Helfer and that whole deal. So right. that, but I, I was, it, it had the question in my mind of, should we be questioning someone closer to Lucifer? Could it even be, uh, Chloe? And that's why she's so different. That's causing these problems. I don't know. Yeah. I don't, I don't know either. I guess we'll find out. But I feel like there's going to be some kind of whoa moment in the season, if not like two or three that yeah. none of us saw it coming. So that, yeah, that's as good a theory as any. Why not? Why not, man? 
I give this one an A. I thought as well, you know, I, um, it's Pollyanna syndrome. But I thought it was a good, strong start for the season, and it set up a lot of good storylines and plot lines. And the procedural wasn't too heinous. Oh, I love the scene in the um, the drug rehab. Oh, he yes. walks up. He's like, "Hello, <laughs> I love drugs. Love, love, love them." And I have so lots awesome. of lovely money. Lovely, lovely money. Uh, so it was like a meeting. It was like a twelve-step meeting, right? They were like, like, <laughs> like "Hello, hype!" And he goes, "Donk!" And the one guy in the by, you know, puts his hand up. And he's like, "Donk!" Yes, you know what I'm talking about. Yes. <laughs> but then he starts to drift off, thinking about his mother again. He kind of has a moment there. It was a great scene. Yeah, he was very introspective, more than he's ever been. This, you know, we've ever seen him in this episode. Yeah, and I mean, it's a long time coming. But when you see it hit him, I mean, it's, you see his body language change, you see his facial expression, you really see the aha mm-hmm. without him saying a word. Yeah, good acting. And I, you know, Chloe didn't bother me as much this episode either. Usually, I just don't like her at all. But she's doing. I think she's doing a little bit better. So. Yeah, I have to agree. I, I give it a, an A as well, just a solid A. Um, I'm really excited to see where they're going to go this season now. So. Me too. Yes, A. This is the episode I've been waiting for since the series premiered, right here. This is what I wanted to see. It's not too much soap opera snuggy show. It's not too much, oh, what is she? What isn't she? Let's throw you a thousand clues and never tell you. I was kind of sad the little girl wasn't in it. I like the little girl, but I know they can't sweeten it up when they're doing all this crime stuff. Yeah, right. Yeah, but A, for sure. We, uh, we have some news. Not a whole lot, uh, but some, since we had so much news last time. Um, we got a new poster for Legends of Tomorrow, which puts White Canary front and center in the story, which I think is a great idea. We also have the new Vixen I agree. In, in the poster. I, we have a guy who I assume is going to be Citizen Steel. And I like the new look of Heat Wave. It looks more like the comic book Heat Wave. Um, yes. It's a cool poster, even though, you know, Legend as... Jerry likes to call it Legends of the Lame, but hopefully, like I said, they'll be able to turn it around. It, uh, dude, if they turn it around, I'm going to be the first one to say they did it. Oh, my God, I'm wrong that, you know, I thought they couldn't, you know, pull them out of oblivion. But, yeah, for right now, I can't see it happening. I just I just want to see what they do with the JSA, to be honest. Um, I just want to see what they do. Yes, exactly. exactly. <laughs> Period. Period, yeah. Um, we've had a lot of people ask now that Hulu has ended their, um, their partnership with the CW where they can watch their CW shows. Uh, the answer to that is CWTV.com. Uh, unfortunately you're going to have to deal with some commercials there, but, um, it's better than not seeing your shows at all if you don't get to watch them on your cable or on your DVR or whatever. So if you're just a streamer like me, that'd be the place to go. There's a direct link right on the DCTV page. Uh, DC TV podcast page if you want to go. Also, we have a whole bunch of trailers there from the new shows, um, all of which we talked about last episode, actually, or most of which, anyway. Um, there's a good interview there with also with Katie Laws from Screen Rant. It kind of gives us a little bit more insight as to the direction Legends of Tomorrow is going to go. And it seems to be an interesting direction. Um, something else interesting, uh, Superman's arrival is going to cause some conflict between Supergirl and her sister for some reason. Um, huh. I don't know where that's going to come from or why, but we will see. Um, well, is it because she's been, maybe she investigated him earlier? 
you know, an alien or something. Could be, or it could be, you know, she's, like, feeling overshadowed by her famous cousin. I mean, there could be a lot of ways they could go with that. Yeah. Um, For all the haters, I just want to mention Suicide Squad has now earned more money than Captain America the Winter Soldier at the box office. I hate it. So, imagine how much money they would have made if that movie were better. (laughs) Yeah. And, um... Oh, and we got a great picture from uh, Justice League of J.K. Simmons as Commissioner Gordon uh, standing by the bass signal, black and white. Uh, really cool picture. He looks very Gordon-esque. He's got the trench coat and the hat. He's holding the file to show Batman. Yeah. Uh, I thought it was cool. We also saw the new uh, Justice League bath suit, which a lot of people are saying looks like uh, Night Owl from Watchmen. I, I mean, other it than does, that, yeah. Nice, but well, the goggles. Maybe maybe. He should have a whole arsenal full of suits, though. Anyway. He should. It's like Iron Man, you know. He should have a right. whole. Right. Well, I mean, he, he's DC's Iron Man, so by by goodness. Mm-hmm. Um, I mentioned it earlier. Uh, Legends of Tomorrow is going to have two versions of Obsidian: one in the future and one a younger version from the past. Um, Lance Henriksen, uh, you know, Bishop from Aliens. Uh, Frank Black from uh, uh, yep. Millennium. I mean, he's been in so the many. Father movies. from Pumpkinhead. Yeah, he's been in so many movies. Uh, he's yeah. going to be the future version of Obsidian, and then the younger version is going to be played by Dan Payne. So I don't know which one we're going to get first. Uh, Constantine is getting a Blu-ray release in October. That's fitting. Um, all 13 episodes, a lot of extras, trailer, onset video, Q and A with the cast. Um, Let's hope it, I mean, I keep hoping that we're going to see it pop up on CW somehow or somewhere, but I mean, we'll probably definitely see his character. Yeah, he'll probably show up, uh, you know, on Arrow or whatever. Um, Margot Robbie. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. Maybe showing up on Legends too, you know. Um, That's true. You got it. Yeah, it'd be be easy fit there. Um, Margot Robbie is going to be executive, executive producing and starring in a Harley Quinn solo movie. Uh, she signed what they call a, a first look deal, uh, so she gets first approval of the script, and uh, as I mentioned, executive producing and starring in the movie. So um, that, that could be extremely cool. Uh, we celebrated the 75th anniversary of Wonder Woman since we recorded last. <laughs> I, I love the Wonder Woman; she's great. And um, just keep your ears open, your eyes open. Justice League Action, the new Justice League cartoon, is supposed to premiere in October. Uh, we have no date yet, but it's supposed to definitely appear in October, so I'm sure any day now we're going to be getting a promo for that. Uh, and finally, if you want to get a good laugh, I've posted another trailer from Alias Robin Hood, which is the Filipino <clears throat> homage, shall we say, to, to Arrow. Um, and when I say homage, I mean total ripoff. Rip <laughs> <laughs> that's I, yeah, I think that's a tradition. Let's see the Filipino version, and you can see their um, alias Robin Hood's version of Heatwave in this. Um, not to spoil too much, but he's got a super soaker. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty funny. It's like if if Arrow had even a smaller, smaller budget and was all Filipino cast, it's, it's pretty great. Uh, check it out. It's right there on the DCTV Podcast Facebook group where you can get all the news and you can also link to the new episodes first there on the uh, Facebook page. Please join us. Facebook's very popular with the young people, so I hear. Um, the Book of Face? Yes, that too. 
Um, if you enjoyed Geeky Podcasts, and I imagine you do because you're listening to this one, then head over to hhwlod.com, and we have a, a group of podcasts there that we, you will enjoy, including Half Hour Wasted, which is back. The Podfathers are back yes. in business, everybody. They're doing some uh, some of their patented wonderful podcasting work. Uh, we also have The Walking Dead TV podcast and Friends. October 23rd is the premiere of the, the actual Walking Dead show, not the F The Walking Dead. So uh, Rich is on that, though, and they've done a valiant effort of keeping Fear The Walking Dead interesting for you. So. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I think it's more our shenanigans that keep it interesting. Yeah. Because, God... Although, Jim, I don't know if you're watching Fear the Walking Dead, but they actually, this back half of the season, have started to improve and actually make things somewhat interesting. I mean, have they recovered completely from what it, the disaster? No, but there's some promising things. The characters that are growing, they're really growing. We'll see. We'll see. But I, I am with in the same camp as Jim as far as I can't wait for October. I just I, I, I hate to say it because I know you guys are on you know, every week you and Daryl and and, uh, and and Craig you know and uh, sometimes Aaron too. The um, I, I have to pay three dollars an episode to watch The Walking Dead because I get it on Amazon Prime. I do too. The same and, thing. And and I just have not felt like Fear the Walking Dead is worth three dollars. <laughs> I'm no, sorry. I'm sorry. It's just how I, I feel. I, gave it a, I, I, I fell on my sword so I could podcast it. That's the only reason I purchased well, it. I'm glad you, you guys are doing a valiant job over there for sure. Um, but uh, yeah, I will be back for the the Walking the, the actual Walking Dead show. We'll find out who uh, who Lucille went dancing with. Finally. Um, Seriously. Yeah. Also, the Weedenverse podcast over there, and it's all connected, which uh, does for Marvel TV. What we do for DCTV, uh, and uh, Johnny M is back in the fold there. If you're a fan of the Mr. M, and they are going to be covering, of course, Agents of Shield, which just started up, and Luke Cage. Man, was that a week? One week from today, it starts on the 30th, right? As we record I'm, this, yes, I've got on my yeah. calendar. Yes, I'm stoked. Yes. I'm stoked. That's one of my favorite characters there, man. Absolutely, can't wait to see it. Um, so check that out. It's all connected there. All at hhwld.com. If you have further need for podcasting other than that, well, by all means, head over to the Taylor Network of Podcasts.com, where you will find Nothing's On, which is the show that I mentioned earlier that I'm on with Donnie Salvo and Daryl. We talk about more general TV. Uh, we talk about a lot more shows than just the genre TV. We talk about all the TV we watch, which is way more than grown men should watch. Uh, but we watch all the dumb TV, so you don't have to. Also, No Apologies, the newest holds barred geek show uh, of all time. You had uh, J.K.'s Happy Hour, which has kind of morphed into Go Truck Yourself, which is a Star Trek-oriented uh, episode uh, of podcasts. We have uh, all kinds of fun stuff over there. Check that out, taylornetworkpodcast.com. It's also a good uh, Facebook group to go to if you want to keep up on your geeky news and uh, and all that good stuff. There's always There are always a lot of good press releases and, uh, and uh, things there and a lot of good discussion as well. Uh, so until next week when we have more DC TV to talk wait. about. Oh wait, hold wait. on, Jerry. What I forget? I'm sorry. What? What? What is it? What? Hello, hello. My yes. name is Jerry, aka Sister Throat Punch. I would like to congratulate my fellow podcaster Jim Beats on losing the big five zero oh, LBS. Dear. If you knew what I started with, you wouldn't be. Fifty freaking pounds. 
So yeah. you know, I mean, I live the fit life. Daryl does now. I think Chubb is the only one that hasn't, you know, got on that train. But you're just killing it. I kind of had so to. So proud of you. <laughs> um, you know what? Jared, so did I. Jared, I, I, I yeah. Wait, yeah. now, now, I have been on that train. I got off it a little, actually, in the last couple months. But, um, Jerry, you've only known me like a year or so. I actually, from 2012, have lost 110 pounds. Well, I had lost 110 pounds. Well, get back I've, on the train. Let's all I've, talk about I've gaining gained, at the end of this. I've gained on. 30 of that back. That but. happens. You have, you have like, the cellular memory and all that fat wants to come back. But you know how you did it before. So get back on the train, and we'll all, you know, like, leave the station together. But just just, just, just remember, <laughs> just remember, fat guys are good, too. You, 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 <laughs> I'm not. Fat we're shaming. Cuddling. I want we're you guys cuddling. around longer. We always have you guys food around longer. in bed, and 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 we got this way because we're good at eating. Well, there's that. <laughs> Can we end on that note? Sure. <laughs> I can't do better than that. That's I, a good place I, to. I yeah. think it's a good place to leave it. Um, I'm tapping out. So until next week, uh, thanks for joining us at DC TV. We are ghosts. Good night. Good night. Later. There must be some kind of way out of here Said the joker to the thief There's too much confusion now I can't get no relief No reason to get excited the thief, he kindly spoke There are many here among us Who feel life's but a joke But you and I, we've been through that And this is not our fate So let us stop talking falsely now The hour was getting Kept the view While all the women They came and they went Barefoot servants too Outside in the cold distance A wild cat to growl Two riders were approaching And the wind